Fuck all you hoes. Get a grip, motherfucker. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up Welcome magazine. to the Room for Error podcast. The podcast that now believes in field goal kicking. Thank you to Connor Ass Alley. I am Cole Sheets with my brother from another mother, the big Dan Harmson. The big Dan. DH, what's poppin', buddy? It's good to see you. It's good to see you on a Monday. It, it's Monday. It's always good to see you, though. Like, I'm just going to be truthful. Yeah, that's that's a vicious lie and half-truth. No, it's but. not. Why? Come on, you know better than that. I'm just excited over here to be sitting with these new earphones. Like, yes, um, my head feels so much better about life. For those of us, for those of you uh, not seeing us on the ESPN simulcast here um, <laughs> on on ESPNU, um, I indulged a little bit and got Danny some new uh, headphones for his gigantic head. Um, he needed them. Probably he's got these. He's got these little tiny ears. He's Dutch, and then he's got this gigantic head because he's also Dutch. And so we bought him some new earphones, and are he's he's two, living large, dude. Are those two? I guess that's news to me. Yeah, they correlate. Did you know that? Um, just did, to Dutch people? Yes. Did you know? Large melons? You know what they ears? say? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what they say about big heads? And someone would say, no. What do they say? And you say, well, really small ears. It's like peanut butter and ladies. <laughs> we go together like Chinese food and chocolate pudding. <laughs> what circle of fresh hell did you roll out? Have you had morning? enough of me already? Like, it's been... We're at a minute thirty. Yep, been a good podcast. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> oh goodness. So um, we'll jump in a little bit here. I don't have a cocktail of the week. Um, kind of a long weekend. Um, we we had a couple of of Danny's um, pick six pack from Fairway over there that um, Dan's got one, and I just made myself a little diet Dr Pepper and BV, and it's uh it's tasting good. It's almost all the way gone and it was mixed in a very large cup <laughs> that's a semen collection cup oh really just want to let you know that no yeah. i actually knew that it just it holds all the it holds all the, the semen it holds all the nice liquids for you and you can drink them right on down <laughs> all righty then <laughs> dan is very nothing. enthused dan's I very just, enthused just, here yeah oh i am why wouldn't i be i don't know dan. it's monday we uh you know big 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 week and big Interesting week in college football. A big week for the in-state teams. Enormous week. Um, huge win. Huge wins for both. I don't. There's not very many weekends I think where you come back here and both in-state teams have wins like that, and you can everybody can feel good about themselves. Everybody's just happy, etc. No, no, not not. They don't have it very often. It doesn't. I I think um, I'll be honest. I was at the game, and at, at one point I was. Were you actually at the game? Because I didn't see you, so I I don't know if you were. Yeah, I was. We're in the end zone club. Didn't see you at the tailgate. Didn't see you at halftime. Didn't see you anywhere. That's all right. I was mad at you. For what? I wasn't. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I just you, said, you did say you were going to cut me after I reminded you that Rutgers covered. Yeah, that's true, which we will uh, get into that a little later on here. That was um, was nice. Actually, no. Let's not. Drink. I don't, Fireball. No, I already. Right meow. I don't have any. And remember I told you you got to pick my punishment this week. We're out of Fireball? Yeah. That was your job to bring some over. So oh, you're the so you're the bitch. fail of the week, you idiot. Oh, I haven't had. Oh man, I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah, you know what? I, it's been my back has been starting to hurt with this podcast. Like I've just been <laughs> carrying the team. Just it's it's hard. It's hard out here for a pimp. 
Um, yes, I did lose the slap bet. I wish I did have actually something to drink, but um, no matter. Well, we, we can do that. I can just go slap the shit out of you right now while we're recording. Okay. I can't, I can't reach you from this <laughs> end of the table, but I anyway. So should we jump right into Iowa, Iowa State? Dude, let's what do happened? it. It's, uh, the, the clones get out to a remarkably fast start. It seemed like ten points, ten points, and then kind of fall flat just a little bit. Well, they give up a big score at yeah. the end of the first half that I didn't even see. I rolled out after the first ass man field goal, and they drove down the field. Texas drives down the field and puts a puts a tutty on the board right before half, and pretty well deflated a lot of the fan base because at that point, the way the Iowa State defense was playing, ten points felt like a lot. It felt huge. Yeah. And insurmountable. And even at that point, and I, I kind of had a good idea that we were going to see. I have, At one point, I thought we were going to see a high-scoring second half because I knew Texas was going to have to really open up the playbook and start throwing the ball downfield, especially when, you guys got like, when you've got guys like Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson, who big targets like that. And they did that, but Iowa State was good enough to keep the ball out of their hands and and minimize their possessions as well as the defense really hit. Defense, I thought that was the best Iowa State's defense played all year, to be honest. I, um, they they looked really good. I mean, then again, I, how much do you think of that, I mean, is... Outside of a second and 35 oh, at man. one point. Yeah. How much of that do you think, though, is contributed to maybe Texas being just... I think they're just a touch one-dimensional. I mean, I think that they're they're very run-heavy offense... Um, you know, they've got a powerful quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and they've got decent enough running backs. I think maybe they're, they're two a running back that maybe was like a second or third stringer that was a wide receiver when the season started, if I remember that right. I can't remember. Rashawn Johnson is that his name. Be. Anyways, they've always just kind of seemed one-dimensional to me. Like Sam Ellinger is never going to blow you out of the water with his arm talent, but I don't know. They, he, did, he had some flashes on Saturday. Well, he kind of did in Texas – I'll credit this. Herman and staff and Orlando and staff made a lot of good adjustments at halftime um, to put themselves right back in and give themselves a chance to win the game. And I was talking to a couple guys. Texas, that that sweet spot for Ellinger um, is right in kind of the weak spot of our defense. Mm -hmm. Iowa State's defense. Definitely. is, Is Iowa State's defense is designed to give up those, you know, four to seven yard, you know, pass plays over the middle or outside, things like that, because we're trying to keep you know, the the deeper routes or intermediate routes from happening. And, and he can throw the underneath stuff, the short stuff. He's accurate enough. Um, he's good when he's throwing the ball down the field in terms of long pass plays. Uh, he's got a big arm. But most of those intermediate routes are ones where you really need to involve a lot of timing or touch or things like that is typically where Ellinger has struggled. Right. Um, so we kind of played into their game plan, and that's where the receivers, they got big athletic receivers that can go down the ball and get the field. And, you know, his legs kept a lot of plays live too. There was a lot of times where Will McDonald and N.U. Azrique were really close to having him behind there and got held a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, and credit this, this is the first time, you know, what it's felt like in a long time that a couple penalties and things like that actually went Iowa State's way at the end of the game. Right. And I, I do have to throw out one, and I don't know if you notice this. So offsides is a five-yard penalty, right? Yeah. We definitely had more than five yards to go on that field goal. Was it? That, that looked like it was at least six. If not, it was five and a half. But it wasn't. It was just walked off. 
Yeah, I guess I didn't even notice that. I even watched yeah. a replay yesterday too, and and one thing that kind of jumped out off the off the screen at me, and like like we were talking about how how well the defense played, and maybe we played into their hands a bit at times, but I think they they played really well, like you said in that first half where we're up ten to zero and it felt insurmountable. How bad were we at times on third down on the offensive side of the ball? Well, it comes down to me is the offense at this point in the season is what it is. Yeah, they're putting up stupid yards. Um, Purdy, you know, is throwing for 320 yards a game. Brees right. Hall is running for almost 100 yards a game. I mean, the offense is putting up almost 500 yards a game and dang near 20 first downs. Yeah. And if you look at the point, total amount of points we score for putting up that many yards and first downs and possessions and things like that, I think we're averaging probably about 10 points a game less than we should be because it's been the same thing going back to the UNI and Iowa game is you kind of hit no man's land there at about the 35-yard line and shit breaks down. And I don't know why that is or why yep. it's – I don't know if it's execution or if it's play calling or I think it's just a mixture of both, to be honest. Um, but but that happened a lot in the second half again. But credit, they were – they were they got – overcame. I, I told I, – I think I was on the phone with my brother and I told him this. It felt like of all the close games Iowa State has played in this year, this was probably the one they deserved to win the least – the way things went in the second half, but actually came out I'd, with it versus some of those other. I ones. would agree with that. I I'd agree with that totally. It it it's just it's. I think it's a little bit of a testament to their resolve too. Like they they kind of were kicked and they were down and out going into that second half. Like they give up these two touchdowns and all right. of a sudden it's twenty one to twenty. And for some reason, and I don't know why I felt like this, but I'm standing at that top top row of the end zone club right outside the glass right so like I can see I can see everything clear as a bell I can see the play forming I can see the offsides call all that stuff and even prior to that like it was 21 to 20 I really just kind of never felt like we were going to lose that game I knew we were going to win and I don't know why and I don't know why because what hit what has ever given me as an Iowa State fan what has ever given me the impression that we're going to walk off a kick (laughs) nothing Nothing has ever I, given I me honestly, evidence I'm that we're going to fucking do that. I'm trying to remember. 1983, last walk-off at kick. Home. At home, I'm oh, pretty sure. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Wasn't there one year we played in Iowa City um, just a few years ago where I think it was Cole Netton missed the kick and Ferentz iced. F- Cole Netton lines up, kicks it, and Ferentz calls timeout. To try to ice him. Was that the nine to six game with Steel Jans or I, something I think, like that? I think that was the nine to six game. I don't think Steel Jans was starting, but I'm pretty sure. Actually, the nine to six game might have been. I think the nine to six might have been the Jake Knott interception game that sealed it. Yeah, yeah. But there You're was right. one of what those where Ferentz tried to ice him and he missed the kick on the icing, and then he came back the next attempt and made it. Um, if I remember correctly, I think you're right, but I'm not sure what year that was. Truthfully, yeah. listeners, help us out. Which year was that? Yeah, we're not going to look it up, although we have a computer right in front of our face. <laughs> anyway, no, so yeah, credit the resolve, and you know this this might be the start of a new season because not a new season. There's only you know three games left, or two in a a, a bowl oh, game. Come on, probably. give us a little bit of coach speak. You got to take it one game at a time. The reality of that is, but what I'm saying is, now that you finally got that monkey off your back, um, I I, I you think won a, the, you won a close one. You finally won you a close finally one. did that, and hopefully that gives the boys some confidence and. You know, you can really finish your strong because you know honestly, the reality of it is you've still got two really tough games. You um, do Kansas, you know, almost beat Texas in Austin, and I think Texas is playing better football now than they were then. 
um, and you are in Manhattan to finish the year, which has not been kind to our Cyclones the last and, well, 20 and, years. And Kansas has dropped two in a row. And right. if you think they're about overdue. it, think, yeah. exactly, you think about it this way, they're going to come into that game probably just a little peeved because they pretty much pissed one down their leg against West Virginia this weekend. Right. So Well, that was K-State. What did I say, Kansas? Yes. My bad. K-State pissed one down their leg against West Virginia. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I agree with you. Like, it feels like we've got a lot of things. In, we've, we, they've got a lot of things in front of them to, to go forward here. In. Well, yeah, I, I think people are disappointed because everyone expected to play in Dallas or that was the goal, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if you finish out your regular season here and win two games, you should be favored in. But I, I think and the win other a thing, bowl game, you still have a chance to tie the school record for wins. The, yeah, and the other thing that I think of, and I have to kind of remind myself, like we've we've had these really close, tough losses, and once again, as an Iowa State fan, you have to remind yourself pretty regularly of this. If they if they'd have looked at us um, on July thirty first and said your team is going to finish the regular season eight and four, you don't know anything else. That's all you know. Eight and four. Everyone would take that. And if you're sitting here right now saying that you wouldn't take that, I'm going to call you a liar right to your face. Right. I just I think there are some that had higher expectations, you know. But and that's, that's fine. Yeah, and that's okay. It's okay to have the higher expectations. I think listening to some of those media people talk about it, there was a lot of people saying there was a potential for us to be ten and ten and zero or eight and zero when we played Oklahoma. And as many times as I heard that, I just still never believed it. It was one of those, I'll believe it when I see it. And I think early in the year, I even called it. I said we were going to lose to Baylor and Iowa. Right. Those were my two guesses right away. We were going to have two losses on the board when we played Baylor. Or, excuse me, Oklahoma. Granted, there was a third one mixed in there, which was a real bummer. But that's what happens when you shoot yourself in the foot. So, uh, anyways, the clones going forward, um, our hometown team. Uh, we say we a lot. It's not we. We don't do anything to contribute. But they've got uh, – I yelled, I yelled a lot at Tom Herman behind the bench. So yeah, it's okay. It. Horns down, baby. Um, you think he visited his kids while he was in Ames? Probably not. You're not catching my joke there. Do you? No, I'm not. I don't get it. Do you remember the whole Zach, Zach Smith or whatever his name, mm-hmm. Ohio State coach that got canned for all that stuff? Remember he was the one saying that Tom Herman was the oh. one who used to frequent – Asian massage parlors. That's and all. hilarious. And, I do not. And like that. at one point, took apparently an Iowa State recruiting girl to get an abortion at one point or something like that. That cannot be true. Which no, probably not. But it's pretty funny. It, so. I mean, it, it's not not. But well, that's not funny. But making fun of Tom <laughs> Herman is funny. Yeah. So no one likes Tom Herman. Yeah. Um. Okay. So hometown team moving forward. We got the Kansas teams, and they're gonna beat them. Call, right. call your shot. Uh, let's move on to Iowa, which I think is an equally intriguing game. Um, I will I will preface all of this with some apologies and, I guess, empathy. I have been a Hawk hater the entire season. I need to tone it down. I think that having two really good football teams in the state is a wonderful thing. It's fun. And I, I will apologize to everyone. I know it's fun sometimes listening to me talk shit, but... I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I'm an asshole, and I know it. But I mean, at least I'm aware of who I am. Um, so that that being said, I will stop the dogging on the Hawks um, unless it's warranted. But credit the Hawks for going into this game. Um, I I said in my lock segment last week that I thought Vegas was wrong about giving the Hawks 
three points. Well, what have we said for about the past three weeks? Vegas knows. Vegas knows. Vegas knows, and the Hawks win by four. And so I'll eat my words here. Incredible win for the Hawks. To stave off that Minnesota team with that late rally, still having 339 pass yards given up uh, against that Iowa defense and only 63 rush yards, which you can't really be surprised about. The rush defense is amazing. But they only had a total of 265 offensive yards. Right. And beat the number eight team in the country. not in the second half. No. At all. So, so there so, were some different looks. Obviously, I was at the Iowa State game and got to watch a lot of it. Um, got to see some bits and pieces here and there. But they said Tyrone Tracy and Tyler Goodson were finally kind of utilized quite a bit. I in heard the first that. Half. I heard that. Um, and, and really went out to a, you know a big lead. Um, second half got a little more conservative. You know, typical. You know, Ferentz tore the playbook in half, and you know that's the way it goes. But no, I, I think that's a good win, and I think that's a win. I think both of these teams, you know, had wins that not didn't make their season per se, but both Iowa and Iowa State have been in situations where they lost so many close games to good teams this year. Um, and it's it's you know good for both of them, I think, to get the monkey off their back. Yeah, and I I love that Iowa has just owned Minnesota like this, and it's truthfully kind of the same way Iowa's really owned Nebraska the past like four or five years. And I, th- I longstanding, I cannot rivalry. I cannot remember the last time or I, I heard the stat, but um, Minnesota has not carried Floyd of Rosedale out of Iowa City in decades. I don't think. Right. Like, I, it's been a while. Like I, I'm pretty sure I heard on the radio. Um, thanks to maybe I think it was on either Murph or Murph or Andy that said this on the Murph and Andy show. I think PJ Fleck was still in college the last time Minnesota won beat beat Iowa and Iowa City. Beat Iowa in Iowa City. That's unreal and also kind of awesome. So, congrats to the Hawks. Uh, that's a huge win. That is gigantic. You you may or may not have just spoiled Minnesota's hopes at a playoff, first of all. If the ball bounces your way, might have even held them out of the Big Ten championship game. That'd be tough at this point. Probably, but, but you might have done it. Right. Outside chance. Outside chance. So... Awesome win. Um, we again, like Dan said, we didn't. I didn't get to watch the game. Um, I forgot to record it too, which was pretty stupid. But um, I did hear that. I think they opened up the playbook a lot more, from what I heard. Goodson was utilized a lot more. We got to hear his name and some of the highlights a lot, a lot more frequently than he, than we used to. And and Amir Smith Marset and Tyrone Tracy, I think, appears to they they both had some pretty good games, and that's that's good. That's a that's a fun win for them. Um, They've got Illinois this week. Sorry, not to change. Well, in Champagne, I'm, I'm not changing the subject. I'm just not talking about Illinois. Did you hear some of the people that were bitching about the field storming thing? I think a lot of the field storming bitching comes from is there's a portion of the Iowa fan base that sees himself as kind of hot, as the word I would use, um, where. Oh, well, why would you storm the field? Oh, well, that's below us. We're too good of a program, too good of a team to display ourselves in such behavior, running amongst ourselves on the field like a herd of wild wildebeest. <laughs> no, sir, I will sit up here and sip my tea and read my book. Go, I Hawkeyes. I, I didn't realize you um, were a cast member of the Netflix series The Crown. That's amazing. You uh, should be proud of yourself. Well, no, but th- there's a portion of that who loves to dog on every other fan base when they storm the courts slash field. And But I think it's a vocal 5% 
truthfully, like I, there's not a single Iowa State fan I don't think out there that would. Well, that's not true. There's 90% of Iowa State fans, their rival fan base, in-state rival fan base, that would say that go for it. Like it's fun. Yeah, hell yeah. Some it's of fun. my, I think some of my best memories in college, and just of and attending sporting events in general, were those moments where you know it's just pure elation, going on the field, you know running over there and even going back to my freshman year. So have at it. We need more fun in this world. We need to, we need to have more fun, more, less negativity. Everybody lighten up. As long as Randy Pete ain't breaking his leg, it's all good. Yeah, that's agreed. As long as he's not breaking his leg. Anybody else can break it. It's fine, but yeah. And I mean, I think we've, there's probably everybody that's got a sick field storming story too. I mean, mine, mine would be, I know, I know yours is the Okie state game from 2011. Probably. There was, I did it twice that year. Cause the Iowa game, it was when we ran over and got the trophy. Oh yeah, uh, from that. That was a Steel Jance game. I sat next to Royce White. Was that uh, forty-four to forty-one? Yeah, I was sat that. that I, game? Sat in a, I have a picture of me and Royce White sitting next to each other in that one. Um, that's pretty dope. Uh, mine was when the Clones beat Missouri. When I think it was Dan Danny Mac's final home game. Oh, and he got carried off the field. Yep, pretty cool. I was at that one. Um, Alvin Bowen. Was playing middle linebacker for us, um, underrated linebacker. Hey, I'm, fr- I'm friends. With, I'm friends with him on Facebook. It's not that big of a deal. It's really not. Um, so that was pretty sweet. That was probably my favorite one. But anyways, um, moving on. Um, Dan, where do you want to go next? I mean, we don't have. I don't think there's a ton to recap in either. In either. No, side I mean, I, I think kind of typical results out of stuff we saw. Actually, not all of them were typical. Um, but I, I think we could just jump into heat, heat index from here and, yeah. and kind of give our our hot our hot takes. Yeah, and I think that'll really. be I think that'll be a good enough recap too. So uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Let's let's get into our heat index here, and we'll uh, we'll try to get through these quick. But uh, let's start with our hot teams, Danny. Um, I think we ought to start. Let's start in the Big Ten since we're there. We're talking about the Hawks, um, and I'll I'll jump right into it. The Hawks are my hot team. Shocked, shocker. Come on, man. You can't pick that one, or you can't not pick that one. Oh, I've got one that's better. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yep. Um, so I'm glad we're going to disagree on that. But having a team come in undefeated to your home stadium and not letting them walk away with a win, and ratcheting the clamps down to the tune of being up by. 17 points at one point. Granted, I kind of wish the Hawks would have blown them out. That would have been even better. Uh, hot team right there, the Hawks, man. I feel like PJ, Iowa and Iowa State both had opponents this week where opposing fan bases hate, hate the, the head coach. coaches. Hate the opposing I mean, head Herman coach. and Fleck, both uber douches. Anyway, my hot team from the Big Ten it's it's not this team's highest point total of the year, but it's definitely their highest point total since um, <laughs> conference play began. You're such a douche. Um, I know where you're going. And you know, I'm just really proud of the way they fought. You know, don't have they're down a head coach. Um, you know, really rounding into shape here towards the end of the season. Um, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are your Big Ten hot team of the week. Twenty one points. Twenty one. I think I think um um uh, excuse me Ryan 20, Day. 21 points yeah oh I thought it was 27 I was almost Ryan gonna... Day I think played everybody but the Water Boys in the band 
on Saturday. But anyway, he would have had to have gotten close. I mean, it was uh, it was thirty five to seven at halftime, and I'm looking at that halftime score, and you're I saw feeling it. pretty good. I was, I was like, oh damn, I only got to score two more touchdowns, and I win this bitch. How about Rutgers coming up with two second half touchdowns? Yeah, good yeah. for them. Improving, they're they're gonna look that Greg Schiano is just gonna be taken over at the right time. Anyway, get a clue. Okay, moron. Who's your Big Twelve team? You dingus. My, my Big Twelve hot team is Oki Light. Um, I dig you, it. Um, you know, we've seen this where I, I think it's happened to a lot of Big Twelve teams this year. Is they enter the rankings after a big win, and the very next week they shit the bed. They do and are out of the rankings. Mm-hmm. Well, Oklahoma State had another resounding victory on Saturday. Um, I think they're at number twenty-two, and I expect them to actually keep climbing the ranks. So. I believe they're seven and three football teams. Yeah, they have Oklahoma the last week of the year, though. Bedlam hasn't happened yet. Um, So they're probably going to end up with one more. But honestly, that team for, you know. They play West Virginia next week. Yep. So, you know, I I can easily see them still finishing at 8-4, which honestly um, will be an improvement upon what we thought that team would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think you and I had even said that early in the year that Okie State was going to be... I thought they'd be down this like, year. Yeah, like bottom three, bottom yeah. four, like just lower lower tier Big 12 team. Right. They have shut us all up. And Mike Gundy, maybe Mike Gundy's not going anywhere after all. No, and actually, I think that has more to do with Boone Pickens dying than anything. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's probably Boone true. was Boone really, you know, when you've got multi-billionaire there who's funding all your stuff and he gets what he wants, and now I think that Boone's kind of out of Mike's hair. He's... You know, he's probably Mike, a lot happier. I, I honestly think so. That sounds messed up, but it's true. I agree. My uh, so. my hot team um, here in the Big 12. Country Roads, take me home. Take me home. So, fun fact. Did you know that that song isn't actually about West Virginia? Well, he says West Virginia. No, he means literally Western Virginia. Uh-huh. Because look, look it up. Like that John Denver's full of shit. Man. Yeah, like look it up. The places <laughs> he talks about the songs in this that song are not in West Virginia. They are literally in Western Virginia. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, take that. The Mountaineer fans. the reason the Mountaineers are my hot team is you get a team in K State coming into or excuse me, you're going into Manhattan against a team that has just dropped a heartbreaker in Austin. They're going to come in fired up. They were ranked number 20 or 22 or whatever it was ended up being as a 6-3 and three team, and West Virginia mounts a fourth-quarter comeback to score 10 points coming down from 14-20 to 20 and closes it out against a K-State team in Manhattan. So kudos to them. They're, they're swinging – they are swinging for bowl eligibility right now. Now, it's it's probably not going to happen. They've got Okie State and TCU left on the schedule. Probably only one of those games is is realistically winnable, and I think it's the one on the road at TCU, but they do get Okie State at home. So, not out of the realm of possibilities. Not out of the realm of possibilities. So, good for you West Virginia as much as I hate your basketball team and kind of half like love your coach in Huggy. Well, I'm a big Neil Brown guy. Neil Brown's a like, aren't we just all glad to have Holgerson out of the league? Oh gosh, like, he was right I'm, up there with Herman. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't walk across the street to piss down his throat if his lungs were on fire. Right. Well, I th- I think that so West Virginia has a really has had a really weird season. You know, they start off the year by beating the pants off NC State, 
you know, played it really well and then get the pants beat off them by Missouri. Really struggle in conference play. But now I, th- I think they finally took the red shirt off Seth Daggy, mm-hmm. um, the Bowling Green transfer. Yep. With X amount of games. And I, I think actually, you know, that's going to be a pretty decent team next year. I agree. I think that um, he was their leading passer. I'm, I well, think. he was the only guy throwing. Well, still. right, but it's it's not something that you would have guessed. I don't think like to start that game for sure. Well, what does CBS does this to me sometimes? Like it it blanks out the stats for half of like for one team. Like it tells me right now that um, that West Virginia had 218 passing yards. Um, according to CBS, K State had zero pass yards, zero rush yards, and zero total yards. Well, now I know why they lost. God, that makes what a, a terrible offense. You know what? Output. Now that I'm looking at it, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Deggy Deggy goes uh, twenty for thirty, yeah, two hundred thirty four, three touchdowns, pretty solid game. That's good for him. And uh, what was it? Looks like, yeah, one touchdown coming in the fourth quarter. The one, the go ahead touchdown. No excuse. Yeah, fifty yard, fifty yard play for the go ahead touchdown. Good yeah. for good for them. That's no, awesome. I think Neil Brown. Neil Brown's a good coach. This league next year, I mean, I still don't know if there's going to be an elite team. I think there'll probably even be less elite teams this year than there will be our next. Well, year who's Oklahoma going to get to transfer in? Well, to sp- play sp- they have they have the number one quarterback in last year's recruiting class, redshirting. Number one recruit in last year's recruiting class, redshirting. Spencer Rattler, five-star quarterback from yeah, Texas. Yeah, that's right. He's kind of like an albino, black-looking guy. Kind of, kind of. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, is he black ob- albino? Jalen Jalen Fisher. Do you remember Jalen Fisher? Yeah, what's he doing now? I don't know. Well, he transferred, but that's what he looks like. He's kind of got the same complexion. All right. Fair enough. So, anyway, but so they'll be good, but I t- expect them to take a little bit of a step back. So, the league will be interesting. Anyway, the cold part of our heat index. Yes. Our, uh, once again, as we've reiterated time and time again, our second favorite foreigner segment Cold as Ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Danny. Danny. Who is cold for you? And let's keep it in the Big 12. Let's keep it in this league. Willie Wildcat is cold this week. So your cold team comes from the same game from my hot team. Yes, it does. Fair enough. I, I, I like that. <sighs> just when we thought, you know. They kicked themselves right in the penis. Like, well, they're just, you know, I, I think everyone thought, oh, man, K-State, you know, look, you know, this and this. And, wow, they're really ahead of schedule and things like that. And then. You dropped that game at home. Which, speaking of, K State looked sharp. Did you see? Did you see the uni combos Saturday? Yes, with the, with the cats on the, the side the white, of the helmet, the white hats, the white pants with purple. That looks sharp. Yes, sharp. it does. I think the white K State helmets in general look sharp. Sorry, keep going. But anyway, um, not something we expected. You know, <sighs> Kleiman's system. I I think they're going to get things figured out, and I expect them to be an eight nine win team most years. More often than not, but obviously, first years we know this. You have hiccups, you have headaches. Um, you know they've got a little bit of a tough schedule to finish the year off here too. So, are they a game away? No, they have their six wins wrapped up, don't they? They're yeah, they're six team. and four. They're six right. and four. Right after this last week, so they're good. Looks like we well, we might have seven or eight Big Twelve Big Twelve bowl teams. I'm That's crazy. Sure. That's crazy to think about. Like I think that it's the bleakest for obviously West Virginia and Kansas. Right, going forward, um, TCU's got an outside shot. They, uh, I think they have Okie State next week. Um, no, excuse me, uh, they have Oklahoma next week, and then West Virginia um, the following. So that West Virginia for the sixth win, TCU going bowling. I mean, that's right. That'd be ideal for them. 
Right. Well, TCU and their team that's looking up next year, you're under Duggan's belt. They're going to be good. Anyway, um, your cold team, cold sheets? My cold team. Doctor? from Doctor cold sheets. My cold team from the Big 12 um, is none other than the Baylor Bears squandering their undefeated season, snatching defeat. From the jaws. From the jaws of victory. No doubt about it. My goodness. Like, to to, to be in a position where All you of a can. You look like a legit playoff contender Oh, my gosh. For a half. You are. You are in. You're in. You're up 31 to 10 at half. You're embarrassing Oklahoma. Yeah. In your home stadium, on game day, you're in a primetime situation. You're doing exactly what you should be doing. I bet Chip and Joanna were. Oh, they were throwing their shiplap out the window. They were <laughs> so mad about it. Jalen Hurts leads the epic comeback. And I think I read this. The first time Oklahoma has come back from 25 points or more on the road, which that for me, that seems like it can't be right because, I mean, it's Oklahoma. It's one of the most. Well, it's because they're always up by 25 points. Well, exactly. Come back. Yeah, um, it's one of the most decorated programs in the history of of, uh, of NCAA football. But to, to come back from 25 down like that, it's it's just unreal. It's it's unreal um, because you know at one point let's see it, it's yeah let's see we get all the way up to yeah it gets up to twenty eight to three at one point and before halftime Hertz and the crew scratch a touchdown out only to give up another field goal it looks like on the very next drive Oklahoma was inspired by Iowa State's play against them the previous week obviously because it it was. A, Mirror image. You're right. We're going to take credit for this victory. You're welcome, Oklahoma. Yeah. We inspired you to a victory. Idiots. Uh, so that's my. We're going to finish what Iowa State started against <laughs> us. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, that's my big Big Twelve cold team. You really peed one down your leg to go to a playoff spot, and uh, really truthfully, we're probably going to get to see a rematch of that in Dallas. I would assume. Well, I but. think at this point. Mathematically, that's one. Of my I don't. I, I think it's like a ninety-nine percent chance right. at this point, probably. But, um. So yeah. So that, um, and then I'll I'll jump into my uh Big Ten cold team. Um. Even in a win, Ohio State letting Rutgers cover for what it'd be like oh, the first time. Come on. Why did I steal yours? No. Oh. Just you gotta hate. You're, you're just. I don't really have much hate to throw around for the Big Ten this week, truthfully. Well, I do. I mean, first of all, Michigan State shitting the bed again. But anyway, that's not even my cold team. I, but. Yeah, I mean, we could get into that a little bit, but I, I think we're just gonna let we're just gonna let D'Antoni have a down year. Well, he had a down year last year. Yeah, but he was ten and three the year before. Well, yeah, fair enough. My my cold team is Minnesota. Okay, lay it on me, Skyuma. Um, I I just think whatever we just said about Baylor. Playoff contention, <laughs> Baylor stuff. That we'll just the <laughs> transitive property move that to Minnesota. All right. So, yeah, that's all. That's what I got. Fair enough. I think there's some interesting high points to come out of college football. We haven't talked about the last couple weeks yet. Um, obviously, Tua Tungo Vailoa. There's been a lot of critics out there. Of, there's a of lot Nick of Saban. Saban. There's a, a lot, lot of Saban, Saban hate, and yeah. I don't understand. Did we say Saban hate at the same time. We did. That's a little weird. We're best friends. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Um, I, the save and hate, I definitely do not think is warranted. Um, they're up by four scores against uh, Mississippi State. Tua gets gang tackled. Um, nothing that we haven't seen in college football about six trillion times. Gets gang tackled, dislocates his hip. 
Um, you feel for and the a young posterior wall fracture. Yeah, you feel for the young man because you can see the pain in his eyes. I, he has to cover his face. He's in tears. A, I'm sure it hurts like an absolute bitch. And B, I'm sure he's bummed out that his season's done, and I'm sure that he can like his he, Alabama career was probably done. It, it might be. It very well could be. And the the Saban hate I think is so misplaced because they're up four scores. It's not even halftime. I can understand what people are like. Why is he even in there in the first place? But at the same time, Saban defends himself and his quarterback and says he's in there to practice the two-minute drill. Which is which, a situation they probably haven't been in hardly all year. Exactly. To be able to you know, try and do that. Which, if they're coming up to you know a potential SEC championship game, is not they have to, out of the woods yet and things like that. I, I understand it. They have to be prepared for those scenarios. And the fact that he was still in the game, if it were late in the third quarter, direct your hate. Show us your displeasure, fine. But with it not even being halftime yet, no. like not even like Brock Purdy, probably Iowa State's most essential asset was not even out at halftime against UL Monroe. Right. But I mean, I don't think we were up by four touchdowns at halftime. I don't remember what the score was, but the point being, you're not gonna t- you're not gonna take your quarterback out before halftime unless you're up by at least six touchdowns. I, I just don't think you're gonna do it. And maybe right. maybe I'm misguided, but I think more it doesn't have to do of him being pulled in that game as he was rushed very quickly back from his surgery, his tightrope surgery, which is a surgery that would take probably take probably typical Americans like myself and Dr. Cole over here. Yep. Um, you know, four to seven weeks to recover from false. I have very strong angles uh, Tua did it in a week and we saw he was definitely not himself. No, he probably could have sat this game out and Mac Jones probably could have rolled and they still would have won by 30 points. 15, but yeah, I, I think the criticism comes from he probably shouldn't have played in the LSU game, but they needed to for reasons, right? I mean, he wasn't he was not moving well in that LSU game no. at all. So why is why was he playing this week? And when severe injuries happen in football, when you are, I mean, and this is you know contrary to the belief, you know, severe injuries happen in football when you are not going at one hundred percent. When you, you know, are favoring, et cetera, so you can't, you know, make a full stride. This is, you know, typically when you get hurt because you're hit at a weird angle or things like that. And that's obviously been the case for him the last couple weeks. Um, And honestly, a catastrophic injury for him. Um, I did do remember someone, though, calling in our preseason, you know, our our preseason takes that to a – would not win the Heisman or that would, would not be, be the number one NFL draft pick. That would be you. Good call. And because it's a, he it's was a sh- not durable it's enough. It's a shame that you got there via injury. But Well, I think my, my comment was he wasn't durable enough. At this point, though, what do you think this does to his draft stock? Honestly, I don't. Now, we've seen I Willis McGahee blow out his ACL, MCL, PCL and still be a first-round draft pick. Right, but that's, again, but that's because of just the sheer talent that, that went along. Not that, too, with, is. I think, too, no, hang is on. every bit of talent. No, hang on. I'm, don't, let me finish here, you dingus. Um, I think it has not affected his draft stock in the slightest. Um, I'll really? go, I'll go, not even a little bit. I'll go to something I can think of recently with a player uh, choosing to sit out or be injured. And actually, I can think of two of them off right off the top of my head. Uh, Nick Bosa sits out a majority of the year last year and ends up, or maybe two years ago, ends up being a first-round draft pick, I think number two overall to the He's Niners. doing pretty well this year. He is in line to be potentially defensive player of the year. Um, and then the second one um, being someone who gets injured 
early or late, depending on how you look at it. I believe it was late. Now that I think of this person's scenario, Jalen Smith, the right. Notre Dame, the Notre Dame uh, linebacker who ends up going to Dallas, he's an All-Pro linebacker now. Modern medicine in in our country is now at the point where they can come back Are from these back injuries. Talking about modern, I mean, like, hang modern. on, <laughs> hang on. The, these it's amazing what they can do. These now. is. <laughs> We're back to our Talladega night. These <laughs> these injuries are so much easier for these athletes to recover from because of the training and the doctors that they have on their sides. And so I don't think that Tua's draft stock has dropped, but I don't think it's increased either. I still think, um, you know, what we've seen this year. I think prior to prior to the season starting, like we both said, we thought that the Heisman. Heisman race could more than likely come down to Tua and Trevor, and it's not even close. It's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. It's coming and down it's to probably Hurts. Hurt, yeah, Burrow and Hurts, and probably Justin Fields is in the mix. And if you're not putting Chuba Hubbard in there, you're probably crazy too. But the point being is that I think that the best quarterback on the board, or who's going to get taken first, will probably be Joe Burrow. Uh, next will probably be Trevor Lawrence because of what he's done. Well, he's not draft eligible, eligible this year, Cole. He's a I'm pretty sure. true sophomore. Oh, I thought he was a junior. My bad. Um, You're wrong, bitch. Yeah, it happens actually a lot more than I'd like to admit. But it here we are. Like twice in the last three minutes. Yeah, that's accurate as well. Uh, I think that Justin Herbert has a lot of potential as well, and I think that I think Justin well, Herbert Herbert could have been the first pick last year. Herbert and Herbert into a. I'm not saying that they're the same, like they're not the same talent at all, but I think that people would argue that they're interchangeable. I don't think that you're going to get any different production out of them at the NFL level. I think that both of those players are going to need to be in the exact right situation because we've seen Tua be so freaking fragile in a lot of different spots. He's been injured a ton. And bless my wife's heart, who never watches sports, sits there on her phone while I'm sitting there watching college football at whatever time of night on Saturdays when we finally get home from tailgating or whatever, she knows who Tua Tonga-Vailoa is. And she's heard how they've talked about him. And she goes, what makes people think he's so good? He's always fucking hurt. <laughs> and I just looked at her. I was like, Tina, bring in the heat. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's actually a really good question. I don't I know. Honestly, like, he is crazy talented. And they said if his career is his career and, and now – um, like he's gonna set several records, like yards per pass attempt, um, you know, pass rate, you know, pass efficiency, um, you know, all kinds of numbers like that, like the ana- analytical stats. He's probably gonna set almost every single one of those. But at the same time, hear me out on this. Tua's injury, um, well, I, I think it's gonna hurt his draft stock, um, just because it's happened this many times years, and he still has given us one of the best moments in college football history, I think, and that's coming out incredible in the second half. Um, where he, you know, was not a starting quarterback for Hertz and winning the national championship. Yeah. Um, I think Tua's NFL career, that was cold dropping a lot of beers on the floor if you heard that, um, may have been helped by this injury. Hot take. Because had the he stayed healthy and end up being a first, second, the first, second, third pick in the draft, guess who he's drafted by? Somebody like the Dolphins, somebody like the Cardinals, somebody like the goddamn New York Jets. Well, no, he's not going to the Jets. Well, he ain't going to the Jets because Darnold's too busy watching seeing ghosts over there. Yeah, I understand. Um, but regardless, 
now he may fall to who knows middle of the first round or late first round something like that and a team with maybe actually a half decent offensive line you know or a half decent half decent staff might be able to pick him up and sit him for a while give the young fella a chance to get healthy um and go out there so i'm not saying uh you know I still think Tua is going to be a first-round draft pick just because he's so talented. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year that Joe Burrow, of all people, is our Heisman winner and probably first NFL draft pick? Um, the guy who completed 55% of his passes last year. I mean, technically I would have been close because I did say that LSU was going to SEC, win the SEC West, just saying. Right. But at the same time, this is Joe Burrow that we're talking about who's completing 78% of his passes and leading the country in passing yards. Um, is it weird to you that LSU's defense is kind of come into question a little bit? I, I mean, I'm not going out of line here that Georgia, I, I don't think it's out of line to say Georgia has a shot to beat them in the SEC title. Game. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think that's out of line. Not even a little bit. Um, I, I would like to look, and this is purely a shot from the hip. Um, what would be their like average drive length? Is LSU's defense just always on the field because of how quickly they're scoring points? Well, it's an air raid. That that's part of it. Is you know, it's it's no different than Tech or Oklahoma or any of these teams out there, right? And was there's so many more possessions in an LSU game because of the air raid they're running. And that's what I'm saying is like, is that the reason why their defense has come into question? Is because of how much more they're on the field? All I, of a I think that's part. You know of it. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I it's. The national the national landscape going forward, I think, is going to be so much fun to watch over the next couple of weeks well, because I, there will be there will be at least one to two really huge upsets where it's like a head scratcher. It'll be like that South Carolina Georgia type shit, right? Where you're just, why did that happen? Type right. thing. Okay, what's this is the crazy part for me though? If Georgia does beat LSU in the SEC title game, and they so you're talking to Georgia SEC champion Georgia with one loss to South Carolina. You're talking about SEC runner-up LSU that has one loss to Georgia, and you're talking about eleven and one potential Alabama to a Tungavailoa less about Alabama. Cole's got goosebumps right now. You literally gave me the fucking goosebumps. That has one loss to LSU. So who in those three teams, those three one-loss SEC teams, has the worst loss? It's Georgia, without a doubt. Yeah, easily Georgia. Those two, easily five-loss. South Carolina team. Easily Georgia. And so that might be your champion, though. So how do you go about divvying up who deserves to be in this playoff? Like, that's the most mind-blowing part to me. So It's it's the it's my favorite meme or gif in the entire world. It's the dude Is looking, it gif or gif? It's gif. It's the guy looking at the camera and going... Like, blinking about a thousand times and shaking his head. Like, that is insane to think about. And not out of the realm of possibility. And it's not. And it's not even close to out of the realm of possibility. Think about how many one-loss teams you could have sitting there to be right. like... Well, Oklahoma or Baylor will most likely be there as well. So I I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like one-loss Baylor and one-loss one loss Oklahoma are going to square off in the Big 12 title. So you're going to have a one-loss Big 12 champion. You're going to have a one-loss Big 12... Or, excuse me, uh, Pac-12 Oregon team. You're going to potentially... Gonna be Oregon? Oh, yeah. it's Utah. It's not going to be Utah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you're going to pretty good defense. Yeah, you're going to have a potential in this scenario one loss SEC champ, 
we'll we'll consider your scenario the true scenario where Georgia beats LSU and that's LSU's lone loss is in the SEC title game. You have a one loss Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and let's paint a picture in the Big Ten because we still haven't gone there yet. Uh, Penn State. It's Ohio State. Well, right, but let's pretend. I hear Ohio State beats Penn State by at least two touchdowns. I'm going to go out there and say it. Maybe three. I could see I can see it being a 15, 15 20-point win. You think so? Where's, think so? Do you know where that game's at off the top of your head? No, I don't, but I don't think it's going to matter. Apparently, Vegas agrees with you. You said two touchdowns. What do you think that line is, Danny? At 13. Minus 18, Ohio State. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'll, I'll lay the points with Penn State. I think they'll keep that one close. I don't think they're explosive enough to to do it. Anyway, for 14 there's, points, you're still there's, covering. There's one team I think we've kind of – people people aren't talking about a little bit still, um, and it's one team that started off the year a little cold um, and turned the ball over a lot and wasn't – we're making a lot of mistakes that we were not used to them seeing. Clemson, in its last six games, has – one each has beat each opponent by an average of forty five point two points. They that first playoff rankings came out what would have been four weeks ago? Two weeks ago. No matter. They have been playing like their frickin' hair has been on fire. And people forget it, North Carolina is the only team to score fourteen points against them. Like their defense may be just as tough as anything. So um, I don't think we should be, you know, and we said the same thing last year is that they played a dog shit schedule when they were going to get exposed in the playoff. Well, they end up, you Absolute know, just putting boat racing. Yeah, exactly. How much fun though could Clemson LSU be at a potential national championship game? Oh my gosh. That would be, that would be just a state of euphoria. I think. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, stop, my penis can only get so erect. Yeah. Uh, right? Have that's, you seen that one? Yeah. What did you say? Uh, you're a liar, by the way. Well, how's that? Uh, I checked your I checked your facts. You, what did you say? UNC is the only team to score 14 points on them. That is a lie. Georgia Tech did it in the first game, 14 points. Oh. Hang on. Pardon. Hang on. Hang on. I'm not done. Florida State did it October 12th, 45 to 14. And my fighting, Wofford Terriers, 59-14 November Okay, 2nd. maybe Let's the most- go, baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. Regardless, they have scored 50 points in four straight games, and the average margin of victory over the last six games has been just over 45 points. You're they right. are playing good football. And and not only that, I'll double down on you. You said uh, you said four games in a row they've scored at least 50 points. Uh, not only 50 points, it's been 52 points. Um, and then the previous two games before that, the game after the UNC game, it was both 45-point games. So... They have scored over 45 points in their last six. Yeah. On fire. I, is it weird to say people are sleeping on the undefeated reigning national champion? Well, if you if you look at their schedule right here, and God, whoever would have thought that we would have got into a fucking SEC, or excuse me, ACC talk. Um, they absolutely trounced Florida State, which who hasn't? But Louisville, who has been formidable in some instances this year, they beat by 35 points. Boston College, who has been tough to handle at times for teams 59 to 7 wake forest this last week wake forest came in as the number 19 ranked team in this in the nation puts up three points three of them do you have a ghost in your basement i think that came from upstairs okay i heard it too though 
next week on Ghost Adventures. What's that guy's name? Zach, Pod- Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. Yeah. I'm more of a River Monsters guy. I like big go- Jeremy Wade. Big Jeremy Wade fan. Jeremy Wade. We're Fish gonna, on. We're going to wade into the waters of the Nile River. Did they for a fish that was known to eat alligators. I love that, dude. That used to be my favorite show on TV. Oh, dude, I know. I yeah. lived with you in college. I'm very, very. Much that and Entourage. That. So, Entourage. You were a big Entourage guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So, moving moving forward here, Dan. Um, I would like to know if you'd like to get into a little trivia with me. Can I can I give you some trivia facts here? For Coles, did you know? Segment. Um, some really really fun ones. Did you know on November 18th of 1883. Our standard time zones were formed. 1883. 1883 by the railroad companies. Makes sense, actually. In U.S. and Canada, um, the legend has it, which it's probably not a legend. It's actually just more mere fact than anything. Um, The railroads, um, while they're transporting goods to and from um, various places across the continent, needed a better way to keep track of their timings and routes and things of that nature. Um, and according to um, what has got to be the most reliable source on this, the timeanddate.com, which, I mean, it says it in the freaking name, operators of the new railroad lines needed a new time plan that would offer a uniform train schedule for departures and arrival. Four standard time zones for the continental United States were introduced on November 18th, 1883. So there's a fun little fact. For- and that, you know what that gave us today? What's that? Pac-12 After Dark. <sighs> Speak to my heart, Dan. Thank it's, you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Union Pacific. Um, so, fun fact. Before time zones were invented... Dan's, did you know? <laughs> that... See, this thing is... I, I, don't ever, I don't do much research for this, guys. I'm going to throw that out there just because my head is such a book of useless knowledge and facts. Before time zones were invented, basically, the local principality of wherever you live decided what time it was. And that based on, you know, whatever the largest city was in their time, and they probably based it on whatever the next largest city was, you know, and this was all going back to, you know, obviously your hours of daylight. Um, So it may be 530 in Ames, but it may be 537 in Nevada based on whatever, you know, and that's why your clock tower is such an essential, you know, big thing in the middle of your city. Fun fact. Right. Um, Okay. Moving on. If you're still awake. Yeah. I fell asleep during the middle of that. Um, 1987, November 18th, 1987. Andre Dawson becomes the first player to win an NL MVP from a last-placed club. That club being our Chicago Cubs. First player to win an NL MVP. And I was going to look up some stats and see what his lines were. 849 home runs. Yeah, I mean, it's who, who the hell knows what actually happened, but that's probably what it is. How close has Mike Trout got to doing that? Oh, man, he's got to be close, hasn't he? Yeah. Has to be. Poor guy. Um, and then my very, very... Well, he's got Joe Madden now. That's true. Um, and then my very favorite one from um, my Did You Know research brought me to one of my favorite shows in the history of television. Um, our very own Oscar from The Office. It's his birthday today On nineteen in 1958. Can you believe that? Oscar Nunez is older than my parents. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's about the same age as my parents. He's yeah. getting up there. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Nunez was born on November 18th, 1958. So thank you for the accountant 
the best accountant. Well, I don't know, Kevin. The gayest accountant. Kev, well, yeah, that's true. Kevin's up there. Kevin Malone is the best accountant. So thank you to Oscar Nunez for making our lives a I, joy. I think I've solved the the problem with our budget. Is oh my God! There's one. There's one department that is doing the work of two people, but has three. <laughs> uh, fun fact: D'Angelo Russell is now out two weeks with a thumb sprain. How about that? What is left of the Warriors at this point? You know what Am makes you, you know what makes my heart happy is that the Warriors are bad. I greatly dislike well, the, the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are a conundrum because remember, like when their first title, dude, they were everybody's little darling love child because it was Steph Curry and Clay, and it was the Splash Brothers and taking down LeBron and this cool stuff. And then, I mean, I think once Draymond started being a douche, and once they started getting Durant, you know, like then they turned into the big bad league. The NBA is gonna be wild this year. T Wolves making the playoffs, by the way. Uh, no, they're not. Um. I actually don't even know. I haven't even looked at records. I just, I'm, I'm. Are we still mad at the NBA on this podcast? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm over good. It I, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not going to gamble the on the NBA because it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. But I, I'm, I'm just loving the fact that there are all of a sudden so many less Golden State fans on Twitter and Facebook. And gee, who would have thought? And you know what? Some of you, probably not many of you, are listening right now and claim to be Golden State fans at some point within the last five to six years, and all of a sudden you're all just a little quiet. You're just a little quiet, and it's funny how that fanhood tones down when you're not fucking winning anymore, you losers. Okay, aren't you the guy who said he wasn't an NBA fan and was just a LeBron James fan? When did I say that? Or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But you're a big LeBron fan, weren't you? Um, I... I was and am, I think, in different aspects. See, uh, I get that LeBron, for some LeBron's, people. Well, I'm just a fan of wherever LeBron's played, or I'm just a fan of this. No, I don't. I'm not a Lakers fan now. I I thought it was pretty commendable that he went back to Cleveland. Um, I didn't like the way he decided he was gonna take his talents to South Beach. I didn't like that. Um, I've been a known Bulls apologist for a long time. Um, as of about two or three years ago, Gar Pax can kiss my. Never mind. And uh, I've I've kind of a lot of restructuring. I've, I've, needs di- to be done I've uh, yeah I've I've disassociated with the Bulls, kind of like I've talked about doing with the Dolphins for a long time. But I, I don't I don't have an NBA team. I like to root for the Nuggets, truthfully, because Monte Morris plays. Oh, by the way, um, did you see who's leading um, the NBA in assist to turnover ratio? Here's my shock face. We all know who it is. We don't, Dan doesn't even have to say it. He showed us this in college. It's except now it's like eight point two to one, it, like. What it, what is it about a dude taking care of the basketball that people have to like be confused by? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, Cole. It, it's good. Glad glad you know that. Uh, Monte Morris, I think, was just so underrated coming out of college, and so that's that's I root for them a little bit. Um, I like to root for the Timberwolves just because of the Des Moines uh, affiliation. I like rooting for them. Um, other than that, I don't really have an NBA team. I just kind of like watching them. Houston's obviously fun to watch, but outside of that. Not really, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, moving forward, um, before we get into face-off, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of my lock segment here, and I'll make this quick. Uh, I was 1-2 last week. Uh, that pushed my yearly total um, to 23-19. and 19. And for any Monsters, Inc. fans out there, that is the code word for when that fucking weird monster gets a sock on his back they just scream 2319 at him for about two and a half minutes straight and then shave him like four times 
Not that that matters, but Disney Plus came out this week. It felt relevant. You know what I mean? I can't. All right, then. So we'll move on from there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I've got three. I've got three good ones. I'm, I'm, I went one and two. We're, we're, we're rallying here. We're rallying the troops. I'm going three and oh. I've got three good ones here. Um, I've got a, uh, a six, a five win NC State team, I believe, going to Georgia Tech, who just got done getting throttled by Virginia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech couldn't play defense against my grandmother. Um, NC State's getting two points on the road. Uh, so ro- going in as a road dog to um, – where the hell is Georgia Tech's college even at? It's not in Atlanta, is it? I think it's in Atlanta. Is it? Okay. Going into Atlanta and getting two points against an absolutely horrible Georgia Tech team, give me those points. A rebuilding Georgia Tech team. Okay, okay, okay fine. Who cares? They're bad. One way or the other, they're bad this year. NC State can move the ball from time to time and has a pretty good defense. So I fully expect Georgia Tech to score precisely uh, six points and NC State to maybe score ten. So there you go. Big ten game. There you go. Perfect. Um, So we're locking that one up. NC State plus two. Next one. Um, I've kind of been heavy on the underdogs here, and I'm going to keep it as such. K-State. Going to Texas Tech, a two-and-a-half-point dog on the road once again. K-State has just come off two straight weeks of just crap-ass football. Just horrific football. Kleiman's going to have them back in the back in the saddle, ready to go. Hey, let's go out and get num- win number seven against a reeling Texas Tech team who, um, if I don't – did they play Kansas this week, right? Tech played TCU. That's right, TCU. TCU just beat them. Right. Tech played Kansas the week before. Uh, TCU just beats Texas. Lock that one up. I like K-State plus the two and a half. And then since I'm going to break the mold here, we're going to go with a big point spread. Utah has been absolutely crushing the offensive side of the ball lately. Uh, they just absolutely trounced UCLA at home. Three to 49 at home. Moving the ball. Real good. UCLA was a trendy pick in that game with some tickets coming in, from what I hear, ear to the ground on this gambling thing. Uh, ear to the ground. Yeah. Uh, you, have like, a sort, you have a contact right, in Vegas? Uh, I am 116th uh, Navajo. <laughs> Utah, minus 22.5 at Arizona. Arizona is not good. In fact, very, very close to being bad, which is actually pretty surprising because what this would mark Kevlin someone's third year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Or second? Second. second. Uh, Arizona being four and six, uh, just coming off a also gigantic loss, uh, 34 to six on the road in Autzen Stadium at Oregon. Losers of their last five, count them five, and a loser to Oregon State, 56 to 38. This thing is going down the tubes. For someone, expect Utah to absolutely obliterate them. So those are my three locks. Lock that one up. Utah, minus 22 and a half. We're going big or we're going home, baby. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about me owning you in cash considerations? I do. I'd actually love to talk about that. Uh, Dan, do, got we a, have a, do we have a, a bet for this week so I can even her up at three and three? Um, Sure. Like, you're, you're up three, two now, Mia, right? Right now? I'm pretty sure. Yes, that's right. I'm I'm three and two, and you are two and three. That is correct. Those are the way that odds works. Let's look here. We'll we'll pick out a good one. So, did you like 
Did you like the bigger point point spreads, or do you want to stick to something that's a little bit more? What's the Iowa Illinois line? Like obscure. Oh, I saw that. That one was fourteen or eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. Hang on one second. The Iowa and Illinois line is minus fourteen and a half. Iowa. Thing is, fourteen points is a lot in any game that Iowa plays in. Um, but actually, I think with their win, I think they're going to come out and probably probably win by twenty this week. Or maybe win by 18. I think Iowa will cover the 14 and a half. Bet. I want it. All right. I'll, I'll take Iowa to cover the 14 and a half there in we Champagne. We've, we found. In well, Champagne. Well, if that makes you feel even better, if this will even give you more fuel to your fire, it's actually not in Champagne. Yeah, it is. Pretty sure it is. No, it's not. Is it in Iowa City? Yeah, it's in Iowa City. Oh, I think you're right. You are correct. Anyway, yep. I'll take that. 14 and a half. Yeah. Um, I would say the over in that game is 46 and a half. Illinois can move the ball. Um, I think this is a good letdown spot for the Hawks. Um, come off a big win like that, Illinois uh, has got nothing to lose. Obviously, at this point, they're bowl eligible. They're six and four. They just came off um, a bye week here going in. There's plenty of rest time. Um, yeah, give me the fight and Lovey Smith minus uh, plus the fourteen and a half. Thank you for the two touchdowns on the road. Appreciate it. You're welcome. So there's a there's the slap bet. Um, We'll have to, Dan. You're Dan, gonna have to do when you lose again this week. You're gonna have to do double for me next week. Well, you know, it'd so. be it'd be funny if I would actually end up losing because you still are responsible for bringing over the the slap bet shot, and you haven't brought over anything. It's been two weeks in a row that you've really dropped the ball. Yeah, well, it happens. Okay, so you want to get into a little bit of a face off here? Face off. Uh, interesting week in the NFL. Very interesting. Colin we're not, Kaepernick. We're, um, had a tryout, you know, where I think, what, eight NFL teams showed up? It was labeled as a workout. Eight workout. NFL teams shows up, showed up. And it, there's there's a couple different interesting aspects Which he of ended with a pompous rant, by the way. He, weird, he ended up moving said workout from one location to the next. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did not. But essentially, he decided he didn't like where they scheduled it for him. Really? So, Mr. Kaepernick scheduled it to go to somewhere else. And so this is what we're going to have our face off on. Uh, Dan and I have um, decided to take opposite sides on this. And the question being is, should Colin Kaepernick be in the NFL? Should he get a second opportunity? And um, Dan has taken the stance of very much so, yes, that – I don't know. It's very much so. Yes, but I think it is yes. Okay. And I have taken the stance that no, Colin Kaeper- Kaepernick should not get a chance. Dan, would you like me to start, or would you like to? Would I'm going like to start. Go ahead. Start. Lay it on me. All right. Kaepernick, does he deserve a chance to play in the NFL? The answer is yes. Okay. Is he a talented enough player to play in the NFL? The answer is yes. Is he a giant douchebag asshole? Communist, also yes. What this comes down to is we've seen lots of owners and GMs take risks on guys before. Whether it was Albert Hainsworth stepping on a guy's head. Um, Whether it was Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt beating the shit out of women. Um, Things like that. For me... I do not see this as being, you know, that big of a different of a headache, except for the fact 
you know, is he talented enough? Yes. I think, you know, if the right team is out there that thinks they can deal with the headache, honestly, this is up to the GM for me because we know he's talented. You're saying a team like the Chicago Bears right now, um, who basically are a quarterback away, couldn't get a little bit more out of him than they're getting out of Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. I'm not saying that he deserves to be in the NFL. I'm saying he has the talent and could be out there. It depends on what your GM and what your head coach and what you feel your locker room is comfortable around. Because the problem is, is he's been content to not work and to just make noise and things like that. If he can come into an interview and say, hey, I'm content on being a football player and I'm here to play football and I'm not out here to make a bunch of statements, then absolutely he deserves to be in the NFL. Um, so I, I really think it's up to your GM, you know, up to you as a staff. And if your locker room you think can handle that and he won't be a total cancer um, because it's going to bring its own freak show, it's going to bring its own media circus. Um, but if you think you're – if you're the New England Patriots – um, I, I think that team is built to handle that, something like that. Not everyone ob- obviously is, um, but there are some organizations that I think could. I and I, I'll let you expand upon this. I'll just rebuke you a little bit, and you can you can fire back at me before I make my argument. But I, I think bringing the New England Patriots into it is a little bit of a stretch. Um, I think as an organization, they are built to handle problem children, for lack of a better term. You saw him try it earlier this year with Antonio Brown. Well, they could handle but, him. but you're talking about a different position player in Colin Kaepernick. You have what would be arguably the greatest quarterback that's ever lived in Tom Brady. You have absolutely no need for, for Colin Kaepernick. I understand the comparison you're trying to make, yeah. but I think dragging, dragging the Patriots in would be I, one thing. I'm not thing. saying so the I, Patriots so need to get him. I'm rebuttal. saying it's a, it's a team that has that kind of environment, that kind of clubhouse, um, that kind of structure in place. And honestly, there's not very many of them in the league. But if you're a team that can, is built to handle distractions like that, I, I think you can make it work. Okay. Do you have a do you have a closing no. do you have a closing statement? Do you have a do you have a, a closing closing argument? I he's gotta be a better at Trubisky. That's actually really hard to argue with. <laughs> He's got to be better than Trubisky. Um, there is, in my mind, not a chance that Colin Kaepernick should ever should ever see the field in the NFL ever again. You're three years removed from playing in an NFL game. I can understand that there are teams that are quarterback away from this championship lore that they're looking for. And I'll name a couple. You've got the Denver Broncos who are searching. They've got actually got a pretty good run attack. Their defense is good. The Bears will give you the Bears. The Detroit Lions are now missing Matt Stafford, who's out with a like broken neck or some bullshit like that. His wife's got cancer too. Yeah, Ew. tough, tough year for that guy. You've got teams like that that are searching for an answer at that position for the time being. Uh, my Kelly texts me, and we talked about this a little bit last night. Says, don't you think that there'd be someone who would take a flyer on him? Like the Dolphins. The Dolphins gain absolutely nothing from from signing Colin Kaepernick because they're not in win-now mode, and that's that's the person who signs Colin Kaepernick as someone who thinks they can win now. But he does not fit the bill of someone who is coming in willing to learn a new system and a new playbook, and the NFL has all of a sudden become this thing for some of these players who are X years removed from the league 
to beg and plead to get their way back in because it's the only way that they may know how to make money or whatever that they're just they're they're wrapped up in this glory and we and we're seeing it right now too. I don't, there's probably not many many of you that know this. Terrell Pryor is back to being on his knees begging for a shot in the NFL once right. again. Colin Kaepernick, as talented as he may have once been, he does not have the skill to come in and learn a brand new playbook, put a team on his back for the last six weeks of the year to come in and play and contribute in a in a normal fashion to to the tune of what he's going to end up wanting is 10 million plus a year this to me this was all a publicity stunt and you hit it right on the head at the end of the at the at one point in your argument when you said he went on a pompous rant for x number of minutes whatever it was Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play in the NFL. I would agree this, with that. This was a, this was a PR stunt, and I think there was even some of that last year when it found out. You know, we found out he was getting paid by Nike for the last two years to basically sit out, and that's fine. No one's got a problem with that. Like Nike, but don't him, pretend you're being blackballed from the exactly. NFL for this. Nike, he he wants to be a martyr. That's yes, the difference. Nike and Colin Kaepernick came to an agreement that hey, you're going to be the face of this revolution, and that's fine if that's how you feel. Great. There's going to be people that disagree with you. There's going to be people that agree with you. And you can you can play to that audience all you want. And like you said, he wants to play the role of the of of the yeah. marauder. But this, I don't think, this has nothing to do yeah. with the NFL. This is Colin Kaepernick looking for an an extra publicity um well people are starting to opportunity. Got to get himself back in the news. Yeah, exactly. And I I granted Colin Kaepernick's a better athlete than I'd ever hoped to be. You know, but the point of all of this is that it's just a big charade and it even went to the point like we had mentioned just a minute or two ago that he moved this tryout from one location to the next after the NFL went so far as to set it up because Jay-Z called out Roger Goodell. Like, think about this exterior pressure that these people feel from big pop culture icons like Jay-Z where Roger Goodell goes, okay, well, we'll... Colin Kaepernick's your boy. Okay, well, I don't want to upset your cart. I'll give him a tryout. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I I don't see him also being able to humble himself enough to come in and sit on the bench and learn this. And, Not, and even Not even a little you know, bit. Not even a little bit. That's what makes a good teammate. Um, I also, by signing someone like that for the things he said and things he's done, you are going to really alienate. Because let's, let's call it spade a spade. Or don't be wrong. There are lots of inner city and – you know, lots of people who understand cap side that are fans of the NFL. But when I think of NFL fans, I think of, you know, people, you know, like you and me, to be honest. Um, and you are going to alienate a lot of your paying NFL customers, I think, by signing someone who's done the things he has. I'd agree. So, Which is weird that we can, you know, we're fine letting women beaters back in the league, you know, and child beaters. It's a very weird yeah. double standard because um, this is the same league where Colin Kaepernick – um, stands up or in this case kneels for something he believes in um, and I don't think that there's very many people out there that would discredit what he's done I don't appreciate necessarily the fact the way he approached what he was trying like what right. his message was going to be I can appreciate the method or excuse me I can appreciate the message but not appreciate the method and that's how I fall into this argument in this uh, in this instance um, but to to for him to claim that he's blackballed after the NFL gives him this tryout and then doing what he's done, I think now he has just absolutely squandered everything. And I can't believe I'd ever say this, but I watched Stephen A. Smith go on a rant about something like this, and I completely agree with Stephen A. I think 
Colin Kaepernick has totally pissed it down his leg because of the way that he's treated this opportunity, quote-unquote, that the NFL set up for him that still doesn't really even feel like it was a genuine opportunity for him. But it's it's one of those things that I, I don't think that there's – he's he's not worth any distraction, any, any portion of talent that you think that you're getting out of Colin Kaepernick. He's just out. He's done. He's done. Jamarcus Russell – Jamarcus Russell got his opportunity and was done after the Raiders sent him home with blank VHS tapes and told him to go look at these blitz blitz packages. And he came back the next day and gave a full fucking book report on the thing. (laughs) I do remember hearing about like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick, you ruined your chance and that's all there is. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Sorry about it. Yeah. Very good. Face off. So everyone, please let us know who wins face off. Um, I think that's only our second one, actually. I think we've had. I think we had we had one Dave Ross. Oh, we had one on yep. your bad take on trick plays. Uh, well, no, technically I won that one. So and and now this. So well, so I'm two and zero. I'm we, undefeated. We need to get back to the segment. I, I enjoy this segment along with fail of the week. I haven't had a good fail of the week lately. So yeah, we idiot of the week, idiot of the week. Um, well, if we're going that far, I am my own idiot of the week every week. It's true. So, um, going forward, um, Danny, I don't think I've got uh, no. much else to hit on. I think we've got a, a fun week of college football coming up. I, I don't think that there's any, like, like just ball-buster marquee games like we mentioned earlier. Well, isn't that, this that the Penn week? State, this? The Penn State-Ohio State game is obviously going to be a blast. Are, like, are we getting into, like, wedding week of the SEC game, though, where everybody plays, like, Abilene Christian or, or um, somebody like no, that? No, I think um, – that next I, week? I think Auburn's got a, a good game here. Because um, it's always the weekend before rivalry week where everybody kind of just, you know, just plays – Just takes it off. Yeah. Yeah. Plays directional Utah or somebody like directional that. Directional Utah. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Directional Utah. This week, I think there's actually even a couple of good games on um, Thursday and Friday, I think. Well, I, the Thursday game, that NC State-Georgia Tech, I think will be a little entertaining, but I'll only watch that because I am um, insatiable and I'll have money on it. So, I mean, that's one thing. Um, when you get 11 a.m. slot. You get the Penn State at Ohio State. That's going to be a real fun game to watch. Um, in the Big 12, Okie State goes to West Virginia. Um, both of those teams coming off of a win. Um, you get SMU and Navy. That could be a really good game. SMU just, uh, or excuse me, Navy just coming off of my uh, plus nine and a half. How'd that work out? Not good. <laughs> um, you get you get that game. SMU's got a high powered offense. Both of those teams come in with high powered offense. Texas at Baylor. Texas. It says here that they're still ranked nineteen, but that's wrong. Obviously, they'll fall out of the top twenty five. I'm sure. Going to Waco, um, that'll be another good Big 12 game. Texas A&M goes to Georgia, but no, there's just there's not any there's not any killer matchups. Um, there's still in SEC conference play. I mean, you still get obviously some of the SEC West matchups and SEC East matchups that you'll get to throw eggs at, like Tennessee and Missouri. That'll be the world's largest pillow fight, won't it? Um, other than that, it's just going to kind of be a, a bland week. And I think I can speak for everybody. How excited are you for like that conference championship Saturday? That's right. going to be so much fun. That's the next big one. I oh think man. Pumped up about that's going to be so great. There'll be some good rivalry weekend games, but other than that, right. Cause that's, um, that comes up week 14, right? Is that next week? Well, not next yeah, week. it's usually, usually the last week of the regular season. Yes. Yeah, week 14, Virginia tech and Virginia, Iowa, Nebraska. I sometimes wish Iowa and Iowa state would play. Rabbit how much more fun would that be in yeah. the cold? 
I honestly think that'd be great. I think that'd be an awesome time. Yeah, yeah Ohio State, Michigan. So that's the thirtieth. Um, so there will be some there will be some fun games mixed in there for for uh, rivalry week, and then week fifteen I believe is always that um, that championship week, right? Was when do we get uh, when do we get Army Navy? That's usually the weekend after championship weekend. Right. So that's that's week fifteen because that's like the marquee game of the week, right? Let's see. Yeah. Well, that's the only game of the week. Right. That's what I thought, but yeah. I, it it didn't pop up in week fifteen. Yeah, because Army, Army and Hawaii play on November thirtieth, so they they must play on that week fifteen. But it still wasn't there. Hmm. I don't know. Weird. Anyways, I is it weird that I actually kind of like to watch that Army Navy game? Oh, it's fun. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But anyways, well, um, I think with that, Dan, I'm I'm tapped out. What else you got, buddy? That's about it. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and listening. Please, uh, please give us feedback. Tweet at us. Tell us tell us where we're dumb. Tell us where we're smart. I know that that's probably few and far between on the smart portion. I of that, can't wait for people to break down our conversation about time zones. Oh my gosh, that's gonna riveting, riveting conversation right. about time zones. Um, with that, we're gonna we're gonna call it a night. It's eight thirty here on a Monday, and Danny, you uh, you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining me. Peace out, homie. Joke or to light up your smoke, but there's some place that he'd rather be.